We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Alrighty, let's grab our seats. How you doing today? You good? You well? Wonderful. If we ever met, my name's Ben, one of the pastors here. Good to see you today. We're going to come around the Word. I might just quickly pray and then we'll go. We'll uh, read a bit of scripture together. God, I thank you. This is your church, your word. God, I pray that you just make it come alive in us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be Lord of our lives. I pray that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, our hearts to perceive your word for us corporately and individually. Uh, Jesus, you say you're living water, and I pray that you just fill us afresh, refresh us, lead us, transform us. Have your way in us today, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. We're going to read a passage in a minute, and it's from the book of Revelation. And if you you know your Bible, or if you're just starting to know your Bible, the book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible, and it, it, it can be a tricky one to read. The part we're going to read isn't that tricky, but if you read the whole thing, it can be a tricky part to read. And what it is, it's a letter written to a bunch of churches by a man named John who got a vision from Jesus, and if you keep reading, it's got all this strange symbolism. I mean, we're not actually going to read it today, but it does if you keep reading it. And, but really, the message of Revelation is that Jesus is on the throne. That's the whole theme of Revelation. And it's meant to be encouraging. So if you've ever been in church, or if, you, or if you've ever read Revelation, and it wasn't encouraging, you need to read it again or listen to someone different. Because it's meant to be encouraging. That was the whole purpose of it encouraging to Christians that Jesus is on the throne. And it was a letter written specifically to a bunch of churches. And if you read the first few chapters, the first chapter of Revelation is all about Jesus. And the next few chapters are many little messages written to these churches. And we're going to read one of these small messages written to a church today. And I think it really applies to the Western church really well, this message, out of all of them. And uh, so we're going to read uh, chapter 3, verse 14, is where we're going to read from. And it says, uh, write this letter to the angel of the church of Lacedia. And when it says angel, sometimes it says messenger, sometimes it says messages, and, and it says writing to the Christians at this place. It, it's written to the Christians, the church, at this location. And it says, this is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. It's from Jesus. <laughs> and it says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you, you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire, then you will be rich. And buy white garments from me, so you will not be shamed by your nakedness, and ointment for your eyes, so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference." Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. 
Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. This message to the church is like, you're like lukewarm water. Who likes lukewarm water? No one, because it's useless, right? Imagine your water bottle that you left in the car for two days, right? You ever done that? And then you're going to take a refreshing drink and you spit it out. It's not refreshing. It's not helpful. It just makes you more thirsty, right? Imagine cooking your pasta in lukewarm water. Wouldn't work, would it? It would take a really long time. Uh, imagine, what else would lukewarm water? Imagine washing your dishes and the, and the hot water goes a bit colder. It doesn't clean a thing, does it? That, that's the picture. He's saying lukewarm water and it's... He's saying, your church is full of lukewarm Christians. Now, I'm not preaching this to like condemn or uh, say, you're lukewarm, flipping, get your game together. No, this is a message to us. And I dabble being lukewarm, right? And I believe we've got a great church and a live church, and we're a church following Jesus. But it's really easy, especially in the Western world, where we're quite blessed to just dabble in being a bit lukewarm. I do it. And I'm sure you do it sometimes. Where we're not. It says, turn from your indifference. In other passages, in other versions, it says, rediscover your zeal. So what the picture is, is that you were once following Jesus, but you lost your passion, you lost your zeal, you've become a bit apathetic. That's the picture of Christians following Jesus who have become a bit apathetic. They haven't got that enthusiasm. You're a bit lukewarm. You know, passion, zeal, enthusiasm for the things of God isn't just for new Christians. You don't just follow Jesus, be full of passion, be full of zeal, and then it just slowly dies off. That's not how it's meant to be. We're meant to be believers full of passion, full of zeal for the things of God. Uh, Paul tells Timothy, flaying into flames. We're told to stir one another up. We're told to don't give up, to... to don't neglect. You know, we're called to be light. We're called to be ambassadors. We're called to be the soul to the earth. We're called to love God. We're told we're in the spirit within us. And if we're lukewarm, we don't carry the fire of God. We don't carry the refreshment of the Holy Spirit if we're lukewarm. We need to be continually keeping the passion for God, rediscover the hunger, the zeal for the things of God, the heart of God, God's presence. You know, if we're apathetic, it, if we're going through the emotions, it tells us to repent. What's repenting? It's changing. I once worked with a teacher and he taught year nine boys. And when they, when they stuffed up, they said, sorry. You know what he said to them? Don't be sorry, be better. And I love it. I've adopted it. And, and, and that's not what this is saying. But he, his whole point as a teacher was, hey, you said sorry 10 times. Just don't do it. Right. And God's nowhere near that harsh. But what God's saying is, yeah, turn, change. Rediscover your passion. And the invitations there, yeah, if you read it, Jesus says, I'm at the door, knocking. That's the invitation Jesus says, hey, if you're feeling a bit apathetic, if you're going through emotions, I'm right here, calling out at the door, I want to share a meal as friends. That's, the, that's what Jesus is doing. You know, knowing a bit about this city shines a bit more light on the meaning you know, this city, it, it, it was a pretty successful, blessed city. It was a banking center. 
So they were really wealthy. You know, once there was an earthquake in, in this city and they didn't need money from Rome like everyone else, they built it back themselves. And that was a big deal back then. So they were wealthy, they had heaps of money. It was, it was famous as a medical centre for its eye ointment. Do you know that? And another thing, it was famous for its clothing. Uh, for uh, The local black wool made these special tunics, right? And so when the, if we read uh, from... One of the verses, so it says, I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that's been purified by fire. Buy white garments from me so you'll not be ashamed by your nakedness and buy ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. What, what the writer's saying is the message from Jesus is, hey, I know you're successful, I know you're comfy, I know you've got what you need, but don't rely on that, rely on the things of God. Because they were Christians, they were following Jesus, they were a church, but they were comfy. They were successful and they became lukewarm. Because you know what happens? If, if we have, as Christians, as we as a church, if we become too comfortable, we become apathetic. You know, the church, the underground church in China was booming. You know when it stalled? When they took off some of the restrictions. Now, it's still growing more rapid than our white church over here. But it's just interesting. When it was illegal, it was booming. When they made it easier for them, it slowed. It's just interesting, isn't it? And we got it pretty comfy. We can roll in and roll out when we want. <laughs> we can read and pray when we want. Not much of us are trying to find breakfast for our family. We got up pretty good. We got up pretty good. And when we're too comfy, we can become apathetic. And I'm not saying we need to go live in poverty, but it's the heart, the zeal, the passion for the things of God. You know, what's a comfortable Christian? Not believing for more, not praying for more. I think we're a bit comfortable when our heart isn't moved for those who are lost and suffering. When we're not relying on God. If we're not relying on God for anything, maybe we're a bit comfy. When we love saying no. You know, there's been a whole move to self-care and balance in our world. And that's great. But we're meant to be a bit uncomfortable. I don't know if you knew that or not. God says he wants to do great things and greater things through us than we can do. That sounds uncomfortable. Right. And so, yeah, we've got to be smart how we live our life, but for the things of God, we're meant to be uncomfortable. We're meant to be stepping into places that are new. We're meant to be praying things that only God can do. What does a comfortable church look like? Well, we don't take risks. We don't invest in anything. We're too self-focused. We love to get served and encouraged rather than serving and encouraging. We're always staying the same. God's got new seasons, new mercies, new miracles. You know, we're Christians. We're meant to be light. We're meant to be salt. We're meant to be the fire of God, the wind. All those things make a difference. Light makes a difference. Salt changes the flavour. Wind, you feel it. Living water. Christians with the spirit in them make a difference. That's what we're meant to do. Go out into the world, shine light, bring the fire of God, the living water. But if we're lukewarm Christians, if we lose our zeal, our passion, if we lose our enthusiasm, if we're going through the emotions, we're not bringing any light or salt anywhere. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not preaching this to convict you. I'm preaching this to encourage us, hey, let's be full of passion. Let's be full of zeal. Let's stir one another up. You know, I, I want to I be a Christian. I want to be a, a church that's filled with the fire of God, that's filled with the Spirit of God, that's filled with living water, that's filled with light, that's believing for miracles. 
that we don't just believe you know, that God can do miracles, that we're believing that he will do miracles and he is doing miracles. I want to be a church that, that impacts our community, that sees salvations, that sees healings, that sees community transformation, that sees new people joining church, that sees addictions change. We want to be a church that has passion, that has zeal, that has enthusiasm. We don't want to just go for the motions. And we're all a part of that. And I believe there's just a few points to us to, to, to maintain this zeal, maintain this passion, or even rediscover it. And the first one is stir one another. You know, this message about rediscovering their passion, it was written to a community of faith. This was written to a church. It wasn't written to an individual. It wasn't written to Bob, stop being lukewarm. <laughs> it was written to the church. You know, the church, we're meant to stir one another up. This message of passion, of zeal, it's outworked in community. Where we rub shoulders, where we stir one another up. Iron sharpens up and we encourage one another. Light and fire in one another. We pray for one another, bless one another. You know, when I, when I come and talk with people at church, when I connect with people, I'm encouraged. A fire is lit in me. I catch something of someone else. I know Steve and Sarah are away today, but when I chat to Steve and Sarah, when I hear about what they're doing with the youth, when I catch a bit of their love of people, it, it lights something within me. You know, when I, when I chat to Julie, when I talk to her about the ladies' group she's running, when I, when I hear her heart for God, her faithfulness, it, it lights a fire. When I talk to Gab about her, her sharing faith with her colleagues and her friends, it encouraged me to do it. When I talk to Walter about his prayer and inviting his neighbours over, it encourages me to reach out. I could go around, but we're meant to light a fire. It says, stir one another up to good works. Encourage one another. You know, in our ministries, in families, in workplaces, in schools, pray for one another. Connect with each other. Pray together for your families. Pray for your community groups. Pray for, the, pray for your sporting clubs. Pray for your workplaces. Celebrate together. Now, a lot of you know I coached the footy and we won yesterday. We've already equaled last year's wins in round one. So it's looking good. Looking good. And... Uh, but I notice a difference in the passion if they've been to training or if they just rock up for round one, which if you do. The ones who have been there, they're invested. They're excited. They want to see each other do well. They want to do well. They've they got passion. They've got zeal. They're hungry. Those guys who just rock up, they're just floating through the motions. If you're connected, you've got the fire. You got the, and it's like that with church. When we're connected, we've we, we got the passion, we've got the fire. Where I'm excited for what Sarah's doing. I'm praying, oh, she's praying for me. I'm excited about what's going on. And, and you go together. This is outworked in community. Stir one another up. Who can you get to know? Who can you pray for? Who can you encourage? Because they're going to encourage you. They're going to pray for you. If we want to be a church full of passion, full of zeal, it's each other. Stirring each other on doing life together, and not, not just saying, hey, you know, how's work, but going deeper. What are you praying for? Let's believe for a miracle. Let's believe for something to change. Stirring one another. Second point is don't go through the motions. This message was written to a group of Christians who knew about Jesus. It, it wasn't new to them. And the danger, whenever we experience something for a while, whenever we hear something for a while, we can just go through the motions. Chocolate's special until you eat it all the time. Holidays are great because you don't do it every weekend. 
and the things of God are amazing and the danger is we can get used to it. See, repetition is amazing. You need repetition to build strength. Any exercise, any diet, you need repetition to be healthy. Repetition builds good habits in us, but the danger of repetition is we can get used to it. We can't get used to the gospel. We can't get used to the message that Jesus Christ, God himself, came to earth, laid down his life. That he is defeated and taken sin and death from us once and for all. So you and me, we have life, we are forgiven, we have a home in heaven, we have heaven on earth. We can never get used to that. That we get to pray. Not that we have to pray, not that we pray. We get to pray. We get to talk to God. He, he listens to us. We get to ask. We get to thank. We get to intercede. We get to pray. We get to have communion. We get to do something together that Jesus told us to do, to join with him. We get to worship. We get to read the Bible. We, we, we can't get used to it. Some tricks in just not getting used to things is think about the why behind the what. If you, if you find yourself just going through emotions, think, why am I at church? Why am I praying? Why should I pray? Why am I taking communion? Why am I reading? Because when, when, you, when you start to go, go behind what you're just doing, you get drawn into the heart of God. Why? Get back to basics. Seek God. Be thankful. So much we take for granted. What can you be thankful for? Get uncomfortable. Pray uncomfortable prayers. God, help me to share the gospel with one person today. Pray and pray it seriously. God, show me where I can, who I can pray for. God, lead me. God, do something. God. Don't pray safe prayers. God's a God of miracles. He defeated sin and death. He's seated in heaven. Get uncomfortable. Just a third point, give God your whole heart. Give God your whole heart. When our faith, how we follow Jesus, when it involves only some aspects of our lives, we become lukewarm. God wants our whole heart. He wants every compartment. God wants to breathe life into our our relationships, marriages, friendships, kids, workplaces, community. He wants to breathe life into our finances, our habits, our thought life. And when we only bring aspects to God, we become lukewarm because He becomes a compartment of our life then. We need to bring our whole life to God, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. You read the Old Testament and the nation of Israel is always up and down because they're always following different nations and different gods. Their loyalty was divided. It says in, in Matthew, talks about serving two masters. Proverbs talks about leaning on our own understanding. James talks about divided loyalty, loving the world over loving God. You have Judas and Peter, two disciples of Jesus, both pretty kooky. <laughs> Peter's doing everything wrong, telling Jesus off. He's loud, he, he, and you've got Judas stealing. Uh, I think Peter's things add up more than Judas sometimes. But one heart was transformed. See, it's not about being perfect, or, or it's just about bringing our whole lives to God, giving Him our heart, being an open book, 
Yeah, can you just pass me that coffee cup? I know it's probably empty. I hope it's empty. See, this coffee cup has a lid, right? And this is what happens when we just bring some of ourselves to God. Say, God, I'll give you my Sunday, but I'll just sort out my work and everything. It's like we come to God and ask Him to fill us up through this little hole. So you got my Sunday, but work, finances, marriage, I'll I'll get that in a week and I'll talk to you again Sunday. And we ask God to fill us with living water, but we just give Him this little hole to pour it into. And we wonder why we're dry. But when we just open the lid and just invite God to pour His presence in us, give us every part of us, it opens us for His life, His blessing, His anointing. He doesn't want every part of you to, to slap you and mess you. He wants to bring life and fruit. We've got to bring our whole life to God. My last point is take action and step out in faith. Jesus said repent. That's action. It, it's finding that zeal. It's finding that passion. You know, sometimes if you're feeling a bit indifferent towards God or, you know, God's real, but just not really excited to spend time with Him, that builds in time. That, that grows as you do it. So sometimes you have to do it out of discipline, do it out of faithfulness, then God speaks and that passion grows. But we have to repent and turn and rediscover that zeal, that hunger. But it's taking that step. Like I talked about, that church was so comfortable in what they had, in their wealth, in their community. We need to take a step out in faith. You know, Edith Berg, this church has an incredible legacy, has seen so much fruit over decades. We have, we're so blessed with this building. It's opened up for the community. We have a healthy church that's growing. But let's not get comfortable. Let's not get comfortable with what is and what has been, but let, let's want to see more miracles. Let's want to see communities transform. Let's want to see salvations and new ministries. We can't get comfortable in our own walk with Jesus. We know God, we've got a fair amount of peace. Things are pretty stable. What are you hearing from God? He's got new mercies for you. He's got new seasons. He's got new fruit. He's got new revelations for you. He's got new miracles. Don't get comfy. Keep the passion. Keep the zeal. Step out in faith. Get uncomfortable. If you're too comfy, get uncomfortable. The best thing I ever did was coach footy because it was so uncomfortable. Talking to you, it's easy. We'll have the same faith in Jesus. Talking to like 30 feral tradies, not so easy. You know, after working out how to do my pre-game and post-game spe- speeches, I can preach to anyone anywhere about Jesus. Right. But going to a, a new sphere that was uncomfortable, I, I, I saw God work in that area, but every other area. And you pray for that person, speak to that person, go to that place, get uncomfortable. And you don't retire out of that. You know when you retire out of getting uncomfortable? When you die. You do. When you go to heaven, your job's done. Until then, you're called to be light. You're called to be flavor. You're here to be a blessing. You are here. You are valuable. You're part of the family of Christ. Pray prayers that are uncomfortable. Speak to people that's uncomfortable. Intercede. Grow in faith. Believe for miracles. Don't go through the motions. It's a sad way to 
Sad way to live, I reckon. Keep that zeal, keep that passion. Now, can, I, can I speak to maybe more to elderly at the moment? There's nothing more encouraging for a young Christian than a senior Christian that's full of zeal and passion. There's nothing more encouraging. When you see a senior Christian that's a grumpy one, you know what it says? Oh, maybe not. No, we laugh, but it's true. And it is funny, but it's also sad that we see a grumpy Christian like, oh, I'm not sure about that. They've been doing this for a long time and that's where they've ended up. But when we see senior Christians full of life, full of zeal, praying for people, praying for miracles, full of the love of God, gosh, it's encouraging. It says, yeah, that's what I want to be like. That's where I want to be. We all have a part. We all valuable. We all have a place. Keep the passion. Keep the zeal. It's all sustained by meeting with Jesus. That last part of that passage, Julie, if wonder we could put it up from verse 20. This is Jesus' invitation to us. Whether we're on fire or ice cold or lukewarm or anywhere in the middle, this is Jesus' invitation to us. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open a door, I will come in. You don't have to convince him in. I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. That communion with Jesus, that's what keeps the zeal, the passion, the fire of God. I don't want to be a lukewarm, comfortable Christian. I'm speaking this as much as to me, as to you, as to... I don't want to be that. I want to be a Christian for all my days that has zeal, that has passion, that wants to meet with God, that wants to see God's kingdom expand, that wants to see miracles, that wants to see people be filled with peace and joy, that wants to see new people find Jesus. I want to keep that and have it forever. I don't want to not appreciate what we get to do. I don't want to go through the emotions in prayer and worship. But I've got to be intentional about it. I want to be a part of a church that's full of passion, full of zeal, a church that believes and is reaching their community, that sees miracles, that sees transformation. I don't want to be a part of a lukewarm church. And we're not. But we need to be attentive to that, to keep our zeal, our passion, not just to rock up. You're not going to be, I'll rock up every week because it's my job. But I, I, I'm going to be intentional. We're going to be intentional. But hey, we're coming into the presence of God together. Now, we can go into the presence of God anywhere. But when we're here, there's something about corporately entering the presence of God. What am I believing for? What do I think God can do? It's not go through the emotions. Keep our zeal, our passion, our enthusiasm for the things of God. Get excited to get into His presence. Get excited to hear from God. Excited to pray for someone. You know, just in case you're wondering, passion and zeal doesn't mean you're out of touch with the world. Jesus had favour with God and man. They go together. 
Um, I wonder if the keys can come. I wasn't certain how we're going to finish this today, but I knew we're going to connect with Jesus. If we could put that last part up, verse 20, yeah. Thanks, Julie. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. I just feel that's the invitation for us this morning. Just to meet with Jesus. And I believe he's just going to light a new passion, a new zeal, a new enthusiasm. Some of you, he's going to remind you of promises. He's going to remind you of prayers you used to pray. Some of you, he's going to put a, a new person, new ministry on your heart. I believe, I'm just going to ask God to come and fill us afresh with his spirit, with his fire from heaven, his Holy Spirit, his living water. Like I said, we all dabble in being lukewarm. Because there's stuff on, we do it lots, there's life happening. I dabble in it, you probably do. right? But we've got to be attentive to, hey, I'm going to keep my zeal, my passion, my enthusiasm for the things of God. He wants to bless. He wants to bring his favor. He wants to bring his miracles in me, through me, around me. So Jesus, thank you for this invitation to meet with you, to share a meal together as friends. Such communion, such intimacy, such closeness. Jesus, you invite us and we, we open a door. <laughs> And invite you in, Jesus. It was written like that for a reason, to get that image in your head. Just think about opening the door to Jesus and sitting down with him. It was written like that for you to imagine that, to sit in that, to have that communion with Jesus. That he's not far off, he's close, he's near, he's attentive. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Holy Spirit is God's presence on earth. Jesus said it's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit comes. It's the same Spirit of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit can meet us individually and corporately, everyone. So when we say Holy Spirit, fill us, we're saying God, fill us, Jesus, fill us. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. God, fill us with your presence, with your love, with your fire, with your passion. We repent and turn to you. If we've been going through emotions, if we've become a, luke, a bit lukewarm, you don't condemn us, you don't fill us with shame, you call us home into your presence. It's the Holy Spirit, as we do that, I pray that you fill us afresh. I pray that you fill us with your life your passion. Some of us have been coasting along a little bit. We've got to start remembering who we're praying to. We've got to start remembering who we're praying for. That God loves them, that they're made in the image of God. 
what we're called to be salt and light ambassadors. God's heart that heaven is on earth. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. And if you just want God just to fill you afresh, maybe you've been feeling a bit lukewarm, maybe... Maybe you need to just, maybe you've lost a bit of that zeal, that passionate enthusiasm. I believe as we sing and worship, because what worship does, it's opening the door to God. Worship is getting up from our little couch and it's getting up and opening the door to Jesus. And what we do is when we open the door to God, it allows Him to speak in, to impart in. His Holy Spirit is life. His Holy Spirit is peace. It's strength. It's joy. His Holy Spirit guides us. His Holy Spirit speaks to us. His Holy Spirit pours out wisdom. It, it gives us passion. It gives us boldness. It gives us courage. His Holy Spirit leads us on who to pray for, where to go, where to spend time, where to invest in. So I'm just going to pray that God just fills us with His Holy Spirit. So if you just want to be filled afresh, however you're feeling, wherever you're red, hot, cold, lukewarm, wherever you are, I just want to ask you to maybe put out your hands in front of you and I'm just going to pray for you. And that's just a posture of openness, but I can see who I'm praying for. And I'm going to pray that God fills you with the fire from heaven, Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for these individuals. I thank you for these families, God. You know them and you love them. Holy Spirit, you know them, you love them. God, you know what's ahead of them. You know the challenges they're going to face. You know the opportunities in front of them, God. You know what they need. You know what they want and everything else in between, God. And I pray right now you fill them with your Holy Spirit, your living water from heaven, your fire from heaven. We repent and turn back to you, God. We want to be full of zeal, full of passion, full of enthusiasm. We don't want to go through the emotions, Jesus. We want to be full of your spirit. So I pray a hunger to arise, a passion to arise. Give us new peace, new mercies, new strength, new wisdom, new guidance, new love, God. Help us to see people like you see people. Help us to see our colleagues like you see them. Help us to see our family like you see them. That they're made in the image of God. That they're loved by you. God, give us the faith to pray big prayers. To pray for healing. To pray for restoration. To pray for deliverance. To pray for freedom. That you're a God who heals, who saves, who delivers, who brings freedom. That where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so we carry that freedom. We carry your Spirit. We carry your anointing and authority with us, God. That we're sons and daughters of you God we're adopted into your family that the same spirit is within us and so we don't neglect that God but we prophesy and declare your life your freedom we have that power and so God I just pray for an impartation of heaven as we sing as we worship as we pray pour your spirit out as we sing it it'll be a prophetic song that speaks to our spirits our souls our hearts in the name of Jesus Let's worship together. And I believe as we just worship, as you just open up to God, some of you, God's going to speak. He's going to put names. He's going to put promises. He's going to put places. Some of you, He's going to fill you fresh. But right now, let's just worship God. Let's just meet with His presence.